Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. I'm sure that many of us given what's going on, have had time to reflect on some of the life's changes and what we need to take away from all of the sort of, I guess, dramatic changes that 2020 has brought. And I've kind of mentioned this in previous episodes that I feel like my fine number seems to continue to increase and 2020 has certainly showed why that is. I think early on I had the notion that if I could get to a portfolio value of around 200,000, that hey, 1% of that is 2000 a month, and I could probably live off that if I needed to. So that was kind of my first logic. But I think the longer that I'm in this game, the more I realize that it is a complete long-term game, and that financial independence is more about wealth management and building wealth in the long run than it is trying to take shortcuts. So I've talk to many, many people about financial independence, and I've heard many presentations on it, and you often hear the five-year plan. And I kind of take that with a little bit of grain of salt. I think the five-year plan, and I'm putting that in inverted commas, even though you can't see me, but I'm hoping by the tone of my voice that you gathered that, is really a best-case scenario. And truth be told, even if you were to hit a five-year plan, the chances of your investment portfolio withstanding the next 50-odd years after only five years of actual growth, seems fairly unlikely. So I think for me, the realization has started to become that I need to really be thinking more long-term and putting a portfolio together of a million euro plus to realistically have something that's going to stand the test of time. Furthermore, as much as I thought I was thinking long-term, I've quickly realized that some of the investments that I have made in the past have been anything but thinking long-term. So a lot of the unregulated investments that I made in peer-to-peer lending and the forestry Christmas tree investment and other investments that I have made in the past, I realized that they were focused on short-term outcomes, not on long-term outcomes. And when you truly stop and reflect on building and protecting your capital over the long run, you quickly realize that the investments that you need to make are actually quite different. So one of the exciting things which I've been looking into recently was getting into property. And again, I kind of mentioned this on the Jamie Heesop interview. My mind now is very much on investing in things that are going to have a social impact as well. So for a while I was trading gold and I was investing in peer-to-peer short-term loans, which were effectively payday loans. None of that stuff is good, right? Like trading gold or trading in general by and large, doesn't do anything for anybody. Providing loans for payday loans, that's really negative. That's not something that I really want to be associated with when you really think about it. And I guess it was the same for Forestry Crowd. When I started Forestry Crowd, I was looking to buy or establish Sitka spruce forests. And it wasn't until I actually researched how bad Sitka spruce is for the environment that I realized, do I really want to be associated with something like that? Or could I be associated with, say, establishing native forestry and finding a way to make money from that, but also providing huge benefit in terms of Irish society. And so in regards to real estate, my interest in buying real estate 
is actually to provide social housing. So my wife and I are quite active when it comes to supporting homelessness. And each year we not only give money to homeless causes, but we also donate a heap of clothing and also Christmas gifts and things like that to try and help the homeless. But when I started to look at property investing, I quickly thought, right, is there anything that I could do to actually help the homelessness crisis or at least get people into housing? And it was fairly obvious. Local councils offer a scheme where you can lease your house to the city council and they will use it for social housing. So that's one way for me as an investor to not only get a good return, but also help a social cause. And so that's what I started looking into. The trouble was we didn't have any personal capital. So I've mentioned before that the majority of my portfolio is caught in my own company pension and then money that sits within companies. So we are on paper extremely poor personally, which is fine. We like it that way. And that's kind of the way that we have to play the system a little bit. But what we do have is we have a lot of equity in our house. Now, my parents in New Zealand, if they want to buy an investment property, they literally call their bank, evaluate their current properties, work out how much equity they have. And they have, believe it or not, bought a house in New Zealand without even signing a mortgage document based solely on the value of their properties. I know that that happened in Ireland during the Celtic Tiger. Banks these days are a lot stricter to do something like this. But thankfully, I have been able to find a mortgage broker who has been able to bring down some equity in our home and then use that equity as a deposit on an investment property. I will link his details in the show notes because I've got no doubt that you guys will be asking me anyway who he is. He is based in Limerick and he tends to use mortgage companies that are not the traditional banks. But effectively, we have been approved for a 100% mortgage, if you like, or at least very little cash down for us to purchase an investment property. And look, I hear some in the room going, whoa, 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 careful there, Mike, you know. People got in trouble doing that, and yes, they certainly did. But then, if you look at the likes of Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he says if you can leverage other people's debt to buy an asset, then that is a good thing, and that is a good debt. So we certainly are not rushing into this. We are taking our time, but it is something that I hope to move forward on within the next six months or so. So I'll certainly keep you guys updated as things progress there. Before I wrap the episode up, though, I really want to leave you with a final thought. And it's something which I guess back to those realizations of this year that I've probably realized beyond everything else. So firstly, I think you guys are probably gathering now a little bit that the way that I see the financial independence movement is so much more than just becoming financially independent. And if you look at the people that I've had on the show in the past, Take Robert White, for example. He was very much about, I'm now financially independent and I'm now going to move on to helping remove the rubbish from my town. So he had a social cause. And I've mentioned on the show before about trying to live your life like you're retired now. And certainly what I'm trying to do and the, and the things that I'm trying to achieve, I very much wake up every day feeling like I have the ability to change the world. Now, I know that that's obviously not true. One person 
most in most cases can't change the world. But in my mind, that's what I think. This week marks 10 years since I first arrived in Ireland. And on the 28th of May marks 10 years since I met my wife. And all of that was completely accidental. I never had any intention or any thoughts of living in Ireland, other than watching Father Ted as a youngster, wondering, geez, well, imagine that. But beyond that, that never seemed like something that was going to be what my life was going to be. Yet here I am, and while I'm here, I'm going to do whatever I can to make a difference, to change things for the better. And I think if you're in a position where you can change things, why should you not? And at the same time, I feel like I started the whole financial independence thing because I hated what I did. I had very little joy as a programmer. And do you know what? I sat there in March for a couple of weeks of very little work. And in fact, I went a few weeks doing virtually nothing, just sitting around the, the house. And for the first time in many, many years, I appreciated going to work like I never have before. And I quickly realized that as much as I've been trying to establish myself as financially independent, that it really is not about retiring early. In fact, I would go demented not being able to work. And like I said, when that work was taken away from me for a couple of weeks, you know, life was difficult, to say the least. I value routine now more than I ever have. And going to work on a Monday morning, I'm looking forward to going to work. I ended up running out of work clients. The clients that I've had for, for many, many years, you know, the phone call stopped, the email stopped, and everything kind of dried up. And I didn't want to have to go and find new clients. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to anyway, given the state of things at the moment. And I woke up one Monday and I said, look, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm, I can't work, not work for another week. And I emailed all my clients and I said, look, can we have a call? And I got on the phone and all I did was go, right, guys, talk to me. Talk to me. What problems have you got? How can I help you today? What can we do to make things better? And it was just a conversation. I wasn't billing for it. It was just, yeah, hey, look, what, what's up? Within a few phone conversations, I had a month's work. From just them simply talking about their problems and me being able to implement a software solution that was going to save them money. Save their money or save them time or save their staff members time. Either way, it was going to save them money. It was a small investment for them using me to build the software, but it was going to give them a positive ROI. And so for the first time, I really valued work far more than I have in the past. I'm not miserable going to work now because I really, truly appreciate it. And I've got no doubt that many of you are in the same boat, that hating what we do, I hate to say it, guys, it's a first world problem. Because not having that work and not knowing where your next paycheck is coming from, that is a problem. So I think just appreciating things more and trying to make positive changes in this world is something that we should be so grateful for and certainly is something that I am trying to adopt and really working every single day to try and move forward in one way or another when it comes to actually making a difference in the world. As always, guys, if you have any feedback or questions on this episode, reach out to me at michael at firepodcast.ae. Otherwise, I look forward to catching you on the next episode. If you're a big fan of the show, why not become an Irish Fire Podcast member for free? Members receive access to inside information that isn't shared on the podcast. 
as well as regular updates such as a monthly newsletter. To become a member, visit www.firepodcast.ie.